Welcome to the Arrive Podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians. I'm your host, Jeremy Richards, along with fellow U.S. immigration lawyer, Christine Jerusik. Today we'll be discussing the e-visa. And the e-visa has two different options under it. It has an E-1 visa for a treaty trader and an E-2 visa for a treaty investor. And it's called a treaty visa because the, the visa is there because of a treaty that exists between the United States and certain designated e-visa countries. It's kind of like the USMCA. USMCA is because of a an agreement between Canada, Canada United States, Mexico. and Mexico. And there are several countries that fall under the e-visa status. And the, the one we primarily deal with is, is Canada and helping Canadians to invest and do business in the United States. And the e-visa is one of the best options for that if your main purpose is, is just to do business or maybe buy a business or invest in a business in the United States. Or maybe you're already doing business in the United States and you need more access to your to your client base or your customer base in the United States. So the E-1 trader visa is for those that conduct trade in goods or services with the United States. And that's pretty broad, those things that qualify for goods and services. Uh, we've helped many different types of companies obtain E-1 visas in the United States. One of my favorite ones we helped was uh, this little old lady who does saddlery. And she does these, these devices that you put on horses. It's the device that makes the tail crooked or, oh like or, for dressage and for things dressage, like that yeah the little she she has her own patented device that doesn't cause sores on the horse and she she patented she makes it herself she's the only one that does it and she's yeah. had several offers for these huge companies to buy it but she doesn't want to uh she's a, she's a great person but she's she she only does uh i think like fifty thousand dollars a year in business it's not a huge company but all of her trade is with, with the United the, States. Yeah. So there's a rule with a trader visa that your trade must be substantial. Well, what is substantial? Substantial means that more than 50% of your international trade is conducted with the United States. That's one of the criteria. The other is that the company must be a owned by the treaty country. So the majority ownership must be from the treaty company. C that means citizens of that country need to be the majority owners of that company. At least 51% must be Canadian. And then the other factor that they look at too when you're conducting doing an E1 treaty trader is that the individual that's coming to the United States must also have the citizenship of the treaty country. So the company must be primarily owned by Canadians. The individual being transferred must be Canadian. And the goods and services must be primarily conducted between the United States and Canada. So more than 50% of the international trade is with the United States. And under the E-1 visa, you can send owners of the company, you can send managers or executives of the company, and you can send essential employees. Any of those can qualify for an E-visa to come into the United States. And that applies both to the E-1 and E-2 visa. All of those categories apply. So under the E-1 visa, it's it's pretty broad. Like we said, we've seen IT consultants that come under an E-1 visa. They have an IT business in, in Canada and provide consulting services, yet majority of their international their consulting are in, are in the, the US, United yeah. States. 
so they can qualify for an E-1 visa. And one of the great things about an E-1 visa too is it doesn't require an office space. So you don't have to open up a shop in the United States. You can conduct all of your business out of your Canadian operation. What the E-1 visa allows you to do, however, it allows you to spend more time in the United States. It allows you to actually work in the United States and provide the services in the United States for your clients or your customers without the hassle of going across the border and being questioned about what are you doing in the United States? How long are you going to stay? Is this a meeting? Are you working? So it allows you that latitude to actually conduct business in the United States. And an E-1 visa is valid for what happens is you go to the consulate, you present all your documentation, you provide proof that you qualify, and it's registered for a five-year time period, which is the longest registration of a visa that you can get for a work visa in the United States, five years. And that's for Canadians registering through the consulate. After it's registered for five years, you get an actual stamp in your passport, an actual visa stamp. And that's unique. Canadians don't don't often get an actual visa put into their passport. Well, but for an e-visa, you do. And that will be valid for five years. Once you enter the United States, you're stamped for two-year time periods all the way up until you hit the five-year max. So your last time period would be for a year. At the end of that time period, you can extend that e-visa for another five years. You can re-register your company for five more years. And it's indefinite, too. There's no limit on the amount of times you can extend your e-visa. Right, and no limit on the amount of times you can use it to enter and re-enter the United States um, so you could spend, essentially, you could spend the full five years in the U.S. servicing your U.S. clients without leaving the United States. Or alternatively, you could spend the majority of your time in Canada and just intermittently travel to the U.S. on the e-visa um, to do what you need to do for your U.S. clients. With one caveat, right? It's a non-immigrant visa. Right. And we've discussed what non- non-immigrant visa is before. You have to show that you're still planning on residing permanently in Canada, that you're not shifting your permanent residence to the United States. So as long as you do that, you maintain your ties to Canada, you show that you aren't intending on immigrating to the United States. Your only purpose of being here is to manage your business, to run your operations, to visit clients and do business in the U.S. The E-1 visa is an amazing option for that. Right. And like you said, there's no limit on the amount of times you can renew it. So we have clients that have been on E-visas for 10, 15, 20 years here in the United States, and People they just continuously... Die, I, they die on an e-visa yeah, because they, they've had it that long. They continuously renew it, and, and they stay within in their status, and they, they service their clients here in the U.S. And it's very close to permanent residence in the U.S. That's what I don't think people understand. If you manage it properly, and we have a lot of snowbird clients where they say, oh, I want to spend you know, my summers in, in the... or my winters in the United States, and then my summers in, back in Canada shifting, you know, 50, 50% of your time between both countries. Well, if you're a business owner and you're doing business in the U.S. and you're providing goods and services to, you know, U.S. businesses and clients, EVSA is a great option if you don't plan on immigrating to the United States, if that's your goal. EVSA can give you a lot of latitude and ability to do that. Uh, so it's a great option for those those individuals. That's for a trader. So goods and services. And there really is no limit on what qualifies for goods and services. Um, no, I mean, we've done all different types of businesses from manufacturing to consulting, like you mentioned, 
um, you know, small mom and pop operations, social media, talent managers, yeah, social media, talent. I've done a, a Kickstarter, uh, company that helps people with Kickstarter campaigns An app company. They develop apps. Yeah. So software, it pretty, it, the sky's really the limit with an E1. If you're conducting business in the United States and it's more than 51% and the company's majority owned by, by Canadians, then you could qualify for an E1 visa. We should say, though, that, I mean, they need to have existing operations in Canada and you need to have a history of doing business with Correct. the U.S. So you can't just, you know, a startup usually doesn't work. You got to show at least 12 months operating history with those with those U.S. clients Tax being returns, the majority. Yeah. T4s, all of those and things. And the, the contracts with the U.S. companies that you're, that you're dealing List with. List of all the clients, their addresses mm -hmm. that prove that they're actually located in the United States. But yes, mo at least a year. If you don't have at least a year history, they're not going to give you an E-1 visa. You have to show that you've actually been in, in business for a period of time before they'll grant it. Um, and, and, you know, compared to the E-2, which, I mean, the biggest hurdle with the E-2, which we're going to talk about next, is is that investment that people look at having to make uh, a substantial investment. There is no requirement to prove any kind of investment with an E-1 visa. Zero investment requirement. Exactly. And that's... Really, the biggest difference between the two is you don't have to invest in the U.S. and you don't have to buy a business. You don't have to open an office. It can all be conducted from Canada and you mm -hmm. can continue your operations that way. So going on to the E-2 visa. So the E-2 visa has some of the same requirements. The E-2 company must be majority owned by Canadians. The owners, managers, executives, or essential employees could qualify once that company's registered to then come into the United States on an E-2 visa. Again, they must be an, a national of the country. So in this case, they would have to be Canadian. Now, the biggest difference here is, is how you qualify. One is trade, right? E-1, 51%, at least 51% of your trade is conducted with the United States or international trade. Mm -hmm. For an E-2, substantial investment. So what's a substantial investment? It's different for every type of business. It depends. And we get this is probably the most common question we get for an E2 visa. I want to go to the United States. I want to start a business. What do I buy? Right. What do I have to and how much do I have to invest? And what can I buy? Right. Well, you can really buy anything. There is no limit on what you can buy and what type of business you can operate in the United States. Yeah, and but you don't have to buy anything. You can start up your own company and go to the trouble of incorporating your own business, you know, establishing your own uh, operations here in the United States uh, from scratch. So, you know, I mean, the easier way probably would be to, to purchase an existing business. And there's reasons share for purchase. that. Because an existing business is already operating, mm -hmm. already has employees. You can show a history of doing business contracts, tax returns. It's all there. If it's a new business, you have to prove you're going to do all these things and they actually will, will not issue the visa until the investment's been made. So if you're starting a new company, it can be a big financial burden to purchase it, to get everything in place, and then to sit and wait for your visa before you can go operate it. You, They will not issue the visa until the funds have been committed to the business. It can't be something that, that you plan on doing in the future. If you right. say, I want to buy this McDonald's franchise after I get my visa. No, you have to buy the McDonald's franchise, show the consulate you've done it, then they give you your visa. So that's one of the biggest hurdles with the E2 that people have. They want to get the visa first, 
and then buy the business. You can't do that. So when you're starting a new company, that can be a huge hurdle. When you're buying an existing company, however, most of those immediately qualify. And you can show, hey, I purchased this business as 10 employees. one transaction versus, or or maybe a couple transactions, depending on how you structure it, versus possibly 20 transactions to, you know, engage an attorney, get a lease, you know, all those things. Business plans, all of those things, yeah. And the other factor, too, is they look at the marginality of the business is what they call it. Is the business marginal? Meaning you cannot, let's say, buy houses in the United States and rent them just for personal income. Not so marginality on means that you have to create jobs. Right. It needs to support investment. more than just you and your family. It cannot just be a pure investment to gain income for you and your family. You have to create jobs for us workers, uh, in that process. Right. Um, Typically, I tell people, and I don't know what your response is to people, but I tell people, the to me, the number is three plus. If you don't have three plus full-time workers in the United States, you're not creating jobs for at least three U.S. workers, then the E-2 visa is probably not going to work. Uh, you have to create those jobs for U.S. workers, and it's a factor that they look, look upon heavily. So you have to have already committed the funds and made the investment. You have to show through a business plan or current operations that there's going to be at least three employees. You have to show that the business is majority Canadian owned and you have to show the individuals going to the U.S. are also Canadian. And then that that in general meets the, the factors for the E2 visa. Now, we've done tons of different E visas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and one of the things I want to mention is that the family members of the E2 visa holder also get a visa. E1 so, and E2 both. Yeah. They, they get dependent visas and uh, your spouse can actually get a work permit while you're here on, a, on an E2 visa. So they would be eligible to work for any U.S. employer. Um, so that's a great benefit of the E2 as well for family members. Yeah. It's a huge, huge benefit. But just the spouse would get work authorization. Right. And children would get, could go to school. They can go to school and live in the United States just as normal. They can't work. Uh, they'd have to get their own work authorization when most children aren't able to do that. Yeah. And that cuts off at the age of 21. So, you know, if you have um, adult children, they're not going to be able to be sponsored on your visa. No dependents over 21. At that point, we get asked, well, what do they do? Well, they're on their own. So they could get a student visa. They could qualify for their own work visa, but they won't be able to uh, qualify as a dependent anymore. Um, and then duration of E2 visa, same as an E1. Five years at a time, you re-register it, and you get another five years. And uh, you can do that indefinitely as long as you show that your intent is not to permanently reside in the United States. And one of my favorite E-Visa stories is uh, a client that has been my client for years and is at now became a U.S. citizen, but was one of the first Tim Hortons franchisees in the United States. I started with one, and oh, I forget how many franchise Tim Hortons franchises they own in the U.S. Now it's over it's over a dozen Tim Hortons franchises. In addition to that, they own other rental properties and uh, other restaurants and things uh, of that nature as well. They came in on an E two visa. Uh, also, I've helped people that come down and open up a pizza shop, right? That's a common one. Or a subway or a gas station. Uh, yeah, we have several pe- of those. People that want to do property management. I gave the example earlier of residential properties. 
typically that's not going to work because you're not creating jobs for U.S. workers, but you can make it work. And I've, I've I have done one like that most recently for he wasn't from Canada. He was from Sweden, but he had a portfolio of properties throughout Michigan that he was, you know, probably 15 to 20 rental properties. And he was uh, coming in to invest in a property management company to, to run these properties. Exactly. So property management works because you're going to hire a property manager. You're going to hire people that are going to do the maintenance on the properties. You're gonna, all of these individuals are going to have jobs. That yep, you're and he used his purchasing of the properties as his investment, which, you know, doesn't normally work unless you have a larger portfolio of, of properties. Yes. And that's the way you make that work. Uh, you can you can make that uh, work for the e visa, and we've helped an individual buy an entire shopping mall. That was a multi million dollar mm-hmm. purchase. That clearly qualifies. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of the calls we get sometimes from people looking for e visas are like real estate brokers. Um, you know, that doesn't really work unless you're going to start up your own brokerage firm. You know, that can work, but coming in. Um, you know, to make an investment in U.S. workers, right? To in just starting up, uh, so you can be a broker, um, and you're going to be doing the brokerage yourself to support your family. That's not going to work. And professionals qualify for e visas as well. So, and each I've done e two visas for lawyers. I help lawyers open up a practice in the United States, hire other attorneys, and they manage their practice here in the U.S. That works. I've helped dentists do it, um, chiropractors. Mm-hmm all can qualify for an e-visa. They come down, they purchase an office space, they purchase all of the equipment, and they hire employees. That works for an e-visa as well. So a lot of people think it it's just buying a Subway or a Pizza Hut or something like that. No. Any business, as long as it meets the factors, can qualify for an E-2 visa. And, and one of the things you have to look at is what are you qualified to do as well? So when you go to your interview, they're yeah, going to they want to know that. how you're going to be able to manage this business. What is your experience? So I recently had someone purchase a uh, landscaping company down in Florida, um, and neither of them had landscaping experience, but both of them had business management experience. So they explained to the officer how that translated, and it was it was approved without issue. And that's actually a really good case for me because you have to hire people to, to do parts of it that you don't know how, right? Well, yeah, they were they were trying to do it during COVID too, where they couldn't come into the U.S. for a long period of time um, until they got their interview, and the consulate in Toronto was shut down. Um, and they ended up having to hire a manager on site to run the business in their absence. So that was just another employee they added to the list when they went to their interview. Yeah, the EVs is a great option. You have, again, the E1 if you're just doing trade and, and aren't doing an investment in the U.S. And then you have the E2 if you if you plan on making an investment in the United States. Um, and there's really no limit on on what does qualify. I, I think, Christine, what you said is is great advice. Typically, people do something that they are familiar with and have an expertise in. That's gonna probably going to be the most successful option. Getting into a new line of business on an E2 visa is probably not the best uh, strategy to oh, take. I mean, though we've done those as well. I mean, I, you I have, have to hire one. people. Yes. You may have to hire people or you may have to go into a business that doesn't require a lot of background knowledge. So I've done some for, you know, e-businesses where they're selling products online and, and they just order the products from China um, they warehouse them here in the U.S. and they ship them out and take in their orders online through their website or through an Amazon marketplace. A lot of franchises work that, that way work. too, right? Yeah, yeah M- right. The franchise, the franchise, the franchise, the franchisor will train you yep. to run to run it. So a lot of those are more like plug and play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
there is really no limit on that. So if, if you want to do business in the United States or you already are doing business in the United States, then the e-visa may be a good option for you. Thank you for joining us today. If you haven't already, please subscribe where you listen to your favorite podcasts. Give us a thumbs up and a five-star rating. And most importantly, tune in next time to the Arrive podcast, the U.S. Immigration Law Podcast for Canadians.